Yo, what's good, people? This is Sports Debate Tuesday. It's my man Rob keeping McLean McLean. Got a good fun episode for you, people, and the episode starts right now. Engine, engine number nine on the New York transit line. If my train falls off the track, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Back on the scene, crispy and clean. What's up, man? It is Rob. Keep it. McLean, McLean. I am Jason DeBeas. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. A lot of stuff to talk about on our show, but not different subject matter. It's going to be football and football and football and a little bit of MMA. Two of Meryl Streep's favorite sports, MMA, which, by the way, is not an art. So, before we get started, what's good, my man? Just hanging, just hanging. Just hanging. Oh, you got a little dog there, huh? Yeah. If I tell some jokes, the dog going to laugh at the joke? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right, so first things first, all right? Stage is set, Rob. The conference champions have punched in their ticket to the Super Bowl. Two teams we classify as the usual suspects have pitted themselves against the improbables, all right, with the Rams playing a team that many said had their number, San Francisco 49ers, and the Chiefs going against a second-year quarterback who would scoff at the notion of happy to be here. But for now, let's draw our attention to the latter. We're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Having to beat the Chiefs by a field goal to get into the conference, to the playoffs, which actually gave them their conference title a week before the last. They beat the Browns. Uh, they beat the Raiders. We weren't surprised. Right. They beat the Titans. I was very surprised you weren't. And then we were like, OK, show's over. Cinderella. It's midnight, right? Glass slipper turns into a, a, a football cleat, right? Your your bus, your tour bus turns into a big old pumpkin, and Cinderella has to go home. And at the end of the day, the evil sisters win win the prize. But that's not what happened. It's not what happened. Joe Burrow, in just his second season, leads the charge with his similar upstarts and future Pro Bowlers and a beloved coach who has shown all that the kids are all right with Chase with Mixon, with Burrow, and a hellified defense and, and, a, and, a, and a, an exceptionally underrated coach. So with that being said, with the Chiefs coming in on a 12-game win streak before this loss, here's the question. And if I'm going to give you the floor. Yuck, 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 yuck. The question is, was this a Bengals comeback or was this a Chiefs collapse? Ooh, yeah, um, for me, I believe this is a, a Chiefs offensive collapse. You know, uh, I thought the Chiefs defense did fantastic um, in the first half. I thought uh, there's no way that the Bengals are, are, are not going to score a ton of points in the second half. It's just the type of team they are, um, and they're an offensive-based team. So if they're going to lose this game, they're going to lose it trying to, you know, air it out. So um, I knew the Bengals were going to come back. I knew, uh, you know – that the, the the defense couldn't hold up for three points for another half again. But for the Kansas City Chiefs offense to not only put up 24 in the first half, I'm sorry, 21 in the first yeah, half, okay. but only three in the second half, three points. That means if they could have scored a field goal, a touchdown, I mean, on any possession, they would have won that game. 
you know, or at least pressured Cincinnati to be in the situation that they were in, which is, you know, win or go home. Um, and, and yeah, you know, when you have that situation where you have to tie the game at the end of the game and then you have to go into overtime and try to win, you know, there's a lot of pressure. You know, that's a lot of pressure to score, whether it's just a, a field goal or a touchdown, to score on consecutive drives in the playoffs against a tough playoff team. That's just it's tough. It's the tough ask, you know. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's the the offense of the Chiefs not bailing out the defense of the, of the Chiefs. Because, again, the Chiefs, as good as the defense is, they're an offensive-minded team. So they should be winning or losing games on the offense, not depending on their defense to win or lose games. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, Andy Reid got outcoached in the second half. You know, that's just kind of yeah. kind of the deal. Wow. Okay, Rob, I'm in a good mood today. Keep it. McLean. McLean. If you told me at the half the Kansas City Chiefs were leading an upstart team, the Bengals, a team that lost to the Jets, by the way, remember that, that they were leading 21-3 at the half. And you asked me, you, ask me, you want to put some money on this? Want to put some jack on that breakfast? I'll be like, I'll take that bet any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Give me, uh, that's free money, Rob. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Fuck me, they lost. I got to give you all my money. <laughs> and the reasoning is logical. Let's say Burrow and the comeback kids uh, um, are able to put up points and, and get, get to 21 and get to 24, which leads to me your question about the offense. Who's to say? Even if the, the Bengals make it to 24 points, who's to say Kansas City on four possessions ain't going to score at least a touchdown on the field goal? Or at the rate they were going, three more touchdowns, right? I mean, and you made a really good argument for uh, Chiefs collapse more than Bengals um, comeback. But I go Bengals comeback. And this is a really cool argument, by the way, because we both fucking win. The fans win, all right? The I go Bengals comeback because... In order for them, the defense got some turnovers, right? But in order for them to score points, you still have to get it into the end zone. You're right. The offense, uh, after they held him to a field goal, the next series they threw an interception, which gave him another opportunity to score. And, and someone like Burrow, man, that's I don't even see second year quarterback with that dude no more. I thought he was a I thought he was a pro at LSU. All right. So, and the guy who's uh, by the way who's not just happy to be there. That dude, do you see his face when he wins? And everybody's like, "Are you surprised?" And he's just like. You know, at this point, you guys keep saying that, you know, I mean, the, the, the man is a proven winner and an Ohio native and, and, and is going to be a new hometown hero. And I go towards comeback because even though Kansas City allowed them to do that, they still have to find ways to score. Right. The Buffalo Bills did. And, 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 and that ended up being a shootout at the end where the Kansas City used 13 seconds the way the Dallas Cowboys could not. <laughs> right. So, um. I go come back because there was some luck involved, right? In overtime, there was an interception that was dropped. And then the next one, there was kind of a tip drill with Hill uh, that wound up just and, you know, it fell in someone's lap, which I thought was a more ball, a more difficult ball to intercept than the one that came straight to and like fell out of his hands, right? That's like, that's that's the Bengals, right? They 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 beat the tough team. They, they conquer the tough demons. And they lose the they lose to simple shit, right? They, they lose to the Jets, but they're they're gonna beat the Raiders, Titans, and and um and now the Kansas City Chiefs. So 
Burrow's numbers aren't blowing anybody away, right? 23 for 38, um, 250 yards, two Benny Bones and a, and a pick. Quarterback rating was 92.5. Um, but I, I, the other reason is the coach didn't panic at 21-3. Normally you're like, all right, we got to throw and throw and throw and throw to come back in this game. And they didn't do that. They stayed patient with Mixon. Mixon against a very stingy Kansas City run defense put up 88 yards. 88 yards of rushing. Um, he also received, I think I, I got the stats here. Here he's got a, He had a long catch of 18 yards, 27 yards receiving altogether. So it was one of those things where I can – we can go stats back and forth, right, with Kansas City and this and that, but my argument's more for Cincinnati. So I go come back because even though Kansas City has allowed the opportunity, they still have to take it. So um, I want you to finish with, with any caveat that you have on my thoughts and you, clo you close up shop on this one for me. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they, 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 you know, the opportunities were there um, uh, for them to take as well. You know, the the... Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes threw two two interceptions again, you know, when he, for the last three or four games, hasn't really thrown a meaningful interception. Um, and, uh, yeah, just the big thing is, is that uh, I thought that the Chiefs got a lot of really easy opportunities, um, really good field position, uh, and they marched the ball down the field where I think Cincinnati even got really tough field position and, and had to do and do the, did the same thing. So when it evened out in the second half, that's why I was like, it, it doesn't feel like 20, 21, three, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just a big up to them and, and, and staying focused. And again, you look at their defense, what big names do you, do you see of them, you know, top leaders here or there, or, or, you know, interception leaders or, or sack leaders or forced fumble leaders, or, you know, there's none of that. So it's just such a good, really solid team defense, again, built around their offense. And they just trusted in that, you know, get get him the ball, give him more chances and he'll do his thing. Um, I don't think I could say the same thing about Patrick Mahomes even at this point, you know, where their team is saying, hey, just give this guy the point. He's going to score us the points. What they're saying is this guy's incredible. This guy's amazing. He's a talent. But what Joe has that he doesn't is that that. uh impenetrable focus right i feel like patrick mahomes even when he was younger he kept toying with the game i could say yeah. you know he would do there's more a lot of brett far right exactly yeah exactly a lot of gunslinger where you don't have to be a gunslinger um and uh i think that's showing now it's not to veer off too far but this is the kind of the same thing i feel about steph curry when he was hitting those 30 40 foot three-point shots every single game and then it came down to the playoffs where he had to hit a simple three-point shot wide open and he would miss and it's like how does that compute so i think it's kind of the same thing where sometimes players their superstar uh persona becomes bigger than their actual skills they have to put on the field every day and i think joe burrow is a perfect mix of that swagger that people talk about about having the confidence to do it but actually executing it and keeping that focus and wanting to work on the execution as opposed to you know, the, 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 the individual stats. And I'm not saying any of these guys are individual stats guy, right. but it's hard to sometimes keep that out of your head, especially when you have the media talk about, Oh, you did this each and every week. Oh, you threw interceptions. You threw touchdowns. You were great. You were bad. Like people can compartmentalize things only so much, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Joe Burrow is that perfect mix of tough mentally, but also come out and stay focused and, and uh, get their players to play better. So, yeah. Well, for me and you, the reason why we 
didn't pick Cincinnati because we felt if all of the stars came out to play, like the people you expected to produce produced, Kansas City would win because there's just more of them, right? Like Travis Kelsey, he did his thing. He caught a touchdown pass. I'm looking at Mahomes' Tyreek. numbers now. Yeah, Tariq Hill, um, just the cheetah, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, Travis Kelsey, 95 yards receiving. A, a touchdown to Hill, seven catches for 78 yards those are those are actually low numbers so everyone did their part chase did their part and, and i think the one thing that helped them that helped cincinnati was t higgins the guy that they weren't paying a whole lot of attention right and you, you didn't hear a lot about him because he didn't get in the end zone but he did catch six passes for 103 yards, 100 yards. including that 44 yarder right so so there, of course, you and me think if there's someone else that overachieves or plays beyond that, and all of a sudden we got a ball game, and I had to, I had to watch it twice because I had, you know, I had things to do with my my kid in between, and then I ended up seeing like the game winning field goal, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I was like, I had to watch the whole thing over, and then um, you could see by the bags of my eyes, I stayed up last night and I watched it a third time. Um, yeah, so. We got different sides of the argument for all the right reasons, and I like that. And I meant to give you the mic drop on that one, but I, I did want to cite I did want to cite that there were one or two players that had to play above expectations for Cincinnati to win. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. So and, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's no, just crazy. Ahead. No, it's just crazy that I don't think I think everybody played so well in that game. Nobody really showed out, you know, mm-hmm. and it just showed who has the better team, mm-hmm. you know. And I think since he is the better team, maybe not have the better players, better you know coaching maybe not but i think they do uh but you know their team you know they're they're grouped together come together and beat another team that's that's you know great leaders great leadership yep nice so listen before we go to topic two i have to say something very very important okay there's a difference between borrowing and biting okay biting is when you say someone else's rhymes and you don't cite them as your source so right now i'm biting until i actually tell people that that my, my opening rhyme came from black sheep which to you and me is like common knowledge but to some people oh jason can rap no jason cannot rap okay that was actually a rhyme from black sheep a, a really cool rap a rap group from the 90s that was part of that that um that tribe called Quest de la Soul Crew, you know what I'm saying? So, black sheep. So I'm no longer biting. I'm just borrowing. <laughs> uh, topic two. Got to talk about the NFC Championship game. We got to talk about the Rams. The Rams. Oh my God! They beat the Niners to make the second reservation at SoFi, which happens to be their home stadium, which happens to be the second year in a row that the host of the Super Bowl has their own team playing in it. So big up to them. So we've already set the stage in the previous topic. So I'll get right to the question, Rob. What or who won this game for the Rams? Ooh, um, for me personally, um. When I'm watching the game, I really didn't think that the Rams defense showed out until maybe the fourth quarter. Um, boy, boy uh, Aaron really Donald think... gave it to him, boy. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, he shut gave that game biz- down. Gave him the business but... to his, his teammates. Go ahead. But for, the, but for the most of the game, I, can't, I didn't really feel like they were dominating San Francisco. I just felt like San Francisco wasn't really executing. Uh, they really made sure to, to, to shut down that run game. I thought Shanahan should have probably run the ball more. I thought he was, they were doing a very effective job running the ball, and they just kind of abandoned it. Um, hmm. But uh, if we're talking about the most important players of the game, I, I honestly have to go with uh, Cooper Cup slash Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Um, what a because, connection, huh? Yeah, I mean, 
I really do believe that Cup has a deeper effect on other players, you know, the receivers, whether that he gets doubled or he tries to, uh, you know, get people to understand what their job is. But it's always, again, at the end of the game or when they really need it, he actually does show up. Um, and I don't know if that's he, 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 he breaks his player or, you know, he, he understands at a certain time or they put him in a situation to exploit the defense at a certain time. But he always finds a way to make that offense move a little more smoothly. And I honestly wish they could push the ball through him a little bit more because um, I don't I, I think the Rams run game is, is pretty suspect. Um, and, and, you know, they, they basically just rely on their their uh, their pass game. I, I, I'm still surprised, honestly, that, that they won that game. I, I thought the, the, the 49ers would win that game hand over hand. And, uh, I really thought they were going to win after that interception that, that, uh, this guy missed, uh, tart missed. And, uh, I was still surprised that the Rams won the game, but more, uh, big ups to them. And I'm, I would love to see, uh, um, you know, a Super Bowl out in the, in the LA area with the LA Rams. I think that's fantastic. Great story. But I still think that the the Bengals, honestly, I think the Bengals gonna win this game. <laughs> I think the Bengals gonna win this game. So we'll we're see. gonna it's we're gonna re, we're gonna do picks next week because we got two weeks to wait for that. But mm. and that gives me a week to to because right now we're six and six. We're tied. We're tied this weekend. I think we won and we 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 won one. We lost one. We both picked the same teams. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Rob, keep it McLean. McLean, I gotta go with. When I came into this podcast, I originally said the GM because <laughs> they, they traded second rounds and first rounds and all these picks sure. to get certain people like uh, they made sure Aaron Donald had a sweet contract. They made this gangster move trade for, for, for Matthew Stafford for golf when Stafford's only been in the playoffs one time. Uh, but they saw something that a lot of people didn't. But but to our credit, we did. We knew Stafford could throw, and we knew he had a little comeback kid in him, and we knew we seen him with a shoulder that was like bum. The other shoulder was dislocated, but his good arm was good, and he's throwing. And he was often criticized for always being injured, but I disagree with that. I would say hurt. Tell my audience what the difference between injured and hurt is. One you can play, one you can't. And he has never not played. He has only been injured. The collarbone thing that I think he had to have surgery or some kind of rehab, that was the only time he was truly out. Every every other time, that man is played. And that's why I was one of the few people that believed he can take him to the promised land. Though I didn't think it would be this year because I just thought Rodgers was really good, you know. Um, well, but, they also didn't have Odell at the beginning of the year. They also didn't yep, have, you know, Von which, Miller at the beginning of the year. Which supports my GM have... argument, right? Which, right. which Which basically said, look, we are willing to trade the future to try to win now. If we're going to win now, 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 that's that's when it has to be. And you get Beckham, right? You make sure Donald, Aaron Donald's happy. You get Stafford. You get a Vaughn Miller who is, I mean, that that's just a gift that falls out of the sky because the only thing, the only thing bigger than that man's passion for the game is his condition. He's always in good shape. I don't I don't know what that man's eating at home, but keep on eating it. So, um, Garoppolo, I mean, he was he was who we thought he was. He can light up the scoreboard for 400 yards, but if his coach says don't throw a lot, 
throw it away. He's going to do that. And of course, he's going to get a shitload of blame for doing what he's asked to do, right? Uh, if they have 11 straight runs, oh, it's because the quarterback can't throw. No, you dummies, because 11 straight runs got four first downs. So, um, I mean, these are, these are things that Garoppolo is probably going to take the hot L on. But I got to go with, instead of the GM, I changed my mind. I'm going with Stafford. Stafford, um, at the end, he did throw a ball that was should have been intercepted. But if you take into account some of the balls that he threw straight to people that got dropped, there was a slant and go. There was a sluggo to um, uh, Cooper Cup. He just saw the end zone, forgot to secure the ball, dropped it. A ball um, that was dropped in the end zone. And, and I got my wife talking about, oh, that's not an easy catch. That's a hard catch. And I'm like, for me, <laughs> for me, that's a hard catch. <laughs> For me, this this guy is a professional receiver. He you don't have to you shouldn't have to be Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. to catch that ball, Rob. You should not have to be even a superstar receiver. Okay, if this guy's like waiting tables during the day and he's moonlighting football, yeah, okay, you got it. He dropped it. Shit happens. No. So, in light of the fact that this man got a lot of his good passes dropped, he did this with his helmet for like one second. And there was like, whoa, 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 body language, body language, body language, right? Um, he comes up to his receivers. His receivers defend him. So I give Matthew Stafford the rub on this because of the same weekend as last week. Last week, Tom Brady came back. The uh, Rams were shit in the bed. They were turning over the ball. And Tom Brady's like, keep turning it over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this game. And with 29 seconds left, when people were looking towards overtime, this dude with the muscles between his ears, with the 2020 vision in his eyes and a pair of balls between his legs, there was a deep, the deep route to, to Cooper Cup. What we thought was just gonna score, and that was last week to this week. And I picked Stafford because they believe that when it counts, I remember how we teased the Cowboys. Some way, somehow, when it counts, just wait. They will let you down. That's not what Stafford's doing. When it counts, just wait. This man has delivered uh, uh, the best to his ability. Got to give it. Got to give him the rub. But the GM, look, there's an argument for the GM who actually said, "Okay, you want to win now? These are the pieces." So, great game. Two deserving teams, right? 49ers uh, uh, played great ball. You you know, it's not easy to beat the Cowboys. Uh, you know, in that stadium, it's not easy to beat Green Bay in the tundra. And Debo Samuel on Twitter defended his quarterback he's like all you guys that are criticizing him let let you know t look up his win-loss record his career win-loss record i'll wait and i was like ooh. How, and I'm, i mean i'm gonna I'm punt it back to you but rob i mean i'm gonna leave you with this question how many wide receivers the biggest diva in all of sports certainly in the sport of football do you see on social network saying something nice of defending their quarterback those motherfuckers run and they're just like all right i mean all the all the good quarterbacks get defended you know, all the guys that get their guys the ball, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, <laughs> I haven't heard, you know, Matthew Go or, or, or Goff get defended or, uh, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> honestly, you know, Derek Carr gets defended, you know. Yeah. Well, that was a true team. So. That was a true team. You We're going to talk about that later, about the new hire and what it does to the team. Yeah. Morale, we'll, we'll repair that at the end of quick question. Uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool, man. Anything, you know, anything else you want to say about this game? It was just, it's, it was a great weekend, huh? Great weekend of football. It really was. I mean, both games are really good in their own way. Um, yeah, I really wish I would have seen um, the 49ers in it, but uh, yeah, it was a good game. You know, I think. Uh, well, 1988 rematch. <laughs> That's right. That's that was right. the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. They played the Niners. There was Boomer yeah. Esiason, given away my age, Boomer Esiason and Joe Montana. 
Yep. Jeez. As the second time they played each other, the first one was known as The Drive. I don't, I don't know if you know about that a little documentary called The Drive. Right. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like yeah. they're down. They have 98 yards to go or something, something crazy like that. And Tom and um, Joe Montana's in the huddle. And he's like, do you guys see John Candy was over there? And everybody's just looking at him like. And that's why they were calling him um, Joe Cool. Like, he's not like, all right, we got to come back. It wasn't like some big speech. He was just like, John Candy's over there. <laughs> R.I.P. God rest his soul, John Candy. Um, love the movie Splash. All right, so cool. Third third topic question. Uh, we were going to cover something else, but this fell in our lap. Uh, two big two big retirements. Sean Payton uh, hung up, decided to hang up his spurs, and we we'll we'll talk about him at the end because his retirement got totally overshadowed by, about um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Topic three. Going to my teleprompter here. Topic three. After 22 seasons, Tom Brady is hanging up his football cleats. Besides wanting to maintain his health and spending more time with his family, he left the game not owing anyone a damn thing. There are a lot of GOAT discussions in sports, but he, as he closes out his career, he really put that debate to bed. So, Rob, we're going to um, say something nice about him or not. Um, what is the one thing you want to remember about Brady? that was good for football or uh, fuck it. I'll even say for bad for football. We don't, I mean, right. So, um, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'm excited about my um, boyfriend. I, th I can go first. Go ahead. Give, what's one, what's one, one or two things that, that you want, that you thought he did well or, or not well that you want football to remember? Well, I would even say, uh, you know, the thing that he did that, that was great for football was uh giving more trust and an inspiration in the draft i mean everybody wants to talk about his whole career but he started as that six round pick and everybody wants to talk about the six round pick but think about where what six round picks are coming out now like you don't hear about them and if you do they're like they're, but they're never a quarterback they're never a superstar quarterback and they're never a quarterback who's been with the team for 20 seasons who gone to super bowl i mean that's unheard of i mean just a successful quarterback in the sixth round would be great, but one of the greatest of all time. Um, it's just crazy. So I think my biggest thing was that uh, he gave more uh, inspiration to, to draft players all the way through all the rounds and to do your homework, right? Just because that, you know, top five pick is your quarterback. Maybe you pick another guy in the fifth round, you kind of, you see something different about, and you let them battle it out or you let him battle it on the practice squad. But, you know, just, uh, you know, don't, look past the third round and then be like, all right, you know, day two, I don't really want to put in my work, you know, coaches put in the work, GMs put in the work, you know, I think that's the, that my big takeaway from, from Tom and his career, but individually as a player, I think uh, just this intensity um, that just cause he's passionate doesn't mean that he's against you. You know, it's just, he needs you to be a certain way to reach his goals. And if that's not your thing, then that's cool. But, you know, we both need to move on. Um, and, and I think he's just a very uh, out uh, outspoken about himself. You know, it, this is how I'm going to be. and I'm going to win or lose on how I am. And if that wins or lose, then I'm, I'm successful. You know, I mean, if I am who I am throughout my life, I'm successful, you know, win or lose. I like that. I like that. Listen, 22 seasons. 20 with the Patriots. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm a New York Giants supporter, and I'm a New York Jets sympathizer. Now, when you look at two of those three teams, the bane of their existence was the New England Patriots. For a long time, the Buffalo Bills have been the, pa the Patriots' favorite beat-up toy. 
You look on the calendar, oh, it's Buffalo. We can Let's try some shit, all right? I, as a Buffalo Bills fan, have every reason to hate the Patriots, but if I had one reason to like the Patriots, it's because of Tom Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. This man does has never been noted to have a strong arm. This man is never noted to be a super athlete. This man is never known to leave the pocket uh, or whatever. This man is never known to be like this big slinger. He's never known to be physically imposing. If you ever saw his rookie picture, he had baby fat. He's, he's, he looked literally like a little boy. And on the combine, it was embarrassing. It's something you as an elite athlete can, can run backwards and probably beat him. And you take all of those things. Rodgers throws better than him. Montana was more cool than him. Uh, Stafford was more gutsier than him. Dak was more athletic than him. Vic was more dynamic than him. All of those people had, had all-star receivers. All of them had good offensive lines. And there they are. And here he is. Inarguably the GOAT. The greatest of all time. The guy who won Super Bowls. Like with Montana, you could always make an argument he had rice. And he had Roger Craig. And he had uh, Charles Haley and Ronnie Lott that are going to make create turnovers and get him the ball back and get him more opportunities. Right? You, you um, Dwight Clark. You, you, uh, Tom Rathman. You, you're always going to make an argument that that guy had stars. Tom Brady had two, two stars. He had Randy Moss in a Super Bowl he lost. A perfect season. An almost perfect season, by the way. And what? Antonio Brown? Uh, or, or maybe no. Deion Branch? Deion Branch got Super Bowl MVP, right? But, I mean, I think Gronk, you know, at a certain time, the Gronk-Wes Welker yeah. kind of connection was, was uh, you know, a superstar thing. I agree. I um, agree with Wes Welker because he and he had success outside of the Patriots. It wasn't like – and Gronk has only been a Patriot, so we we, we don't have a um, a vector or, like, a, a comparative. So so I'm my hand is forced to agree with you on that. But the thing I will remember about him – is sometimes he goes psycho Tom, right? You, like you noted, you, I've seen him light up some rookies and shit. <laughs> you know, I'm like, has he lost his fucking mind? But this man's ability to be humble, to have all those rings and maintain this heightened level of humility and pick people up when they're down on and off the court, which is a whole other conversation. We're, we're trying to bang this out in less than 50 minutes, okay? So we ain't talking about off the court. But his ability to restructure his contract to make other people happy because he knows he already has money. He's got good endorsements. He's got a supermodel wife that can buy him twice. You're, you know, you're a broke bitch. Um, <clears throat> and for him to do these things that you don't see quarterbacks or star positions do is how I want, I want him to be remembered. His ability to pick other people up around him, knowing that he doesn't mean shit. If he can't pick up other people around him and elevate them, that help them elevate him. We saw that in New England. We saw that in Tampa Bay. He did have an all-star cast, but Rob, I want you to consider this, and I'm going to give you the floor back. <clears throat> how many people, some divas, some not, some humble, some arrogant, how many <clears throat> people in mass are willing to say, look, I want a diff I'll do a different contract. I want to play with Brady. That's what the fuck happened in Tampa Bay. Don't see that with Rodgers, except with Devontae Adams, right? You don't see that with Mahomes. You don't see you don't see people saying, I'll take a pay cut to play with that guy. The guy who can't throw. The guy who can't run. The guy who's overrated. Come on. That's how I want Brady to be remembered. His humility. 
And on two occasions where he could have just told the league to go to hell, all right? Like, after that deflate gate thing, based on evidence that he had to know, he already had three rings. I would I would have been like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he should be like, y'all can all go to hell. I'm out of here. I'm done. I can't believe this happened. The other instance, right? The Patriots decided they don't want him. He wanted to finish a Patriot. Yeah, and, you know, he could have just said, all right, to hell with y'all. I'm out. You know, mic drop. Um, did it? He went another way. He went another way. And, and that's Rob. And that's it. Because I love the guy so much. I got to shut up. But but that's how, I want, that's how I would like Brady to be remembered. The the best of all time in his big in his greatest humility, man in the arena. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I really don't like that because you're there. The clo- I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but man in the arena, the documentary. I love. I just don't like the name. I just don't. Uh, unless you're in a combat sport, there's you. There's nothing that identifies with being in an arena, knowing victory or defeat on that level, which and not even football. No, sorry, gladiators didn't make millions if they won. They got to live until the next event so stop it <laughs> but go ahead big difference um yeah i would just say you know tom the one thing that tom did come into was a perfect situation you know um good coach and, and right isn't not only that he had a great great coach he had a starting quarterback that was already well established and they drew drew bledsoe and he had a fantastic defense so you Lots have of- the perfect situation for him to come in and oh you mean winston sorry well. let me interrupt winston right it was winston james winston not bledsoe tampa bay no no I'm not talking about that i'm talking about when tom grady got drafted oh by geez. the patriots got you he got he came into an absolutely <clears throat> perfect situation you know with the ted bruschi and all those guys on defense then you i mean richard seymour i mean you had a stacked defense and then you had bledsoe. all he had to do was do what he'd been doing for 20 years which is work your the way the the football down the field i mean he had experienced wide receivers at that time he had experienced line at that time they were a super bowl championship team before tom brady tom brady went in there and he did his work would they have won with blood no no i'm just saying it is what it is they would not have won with blood because one he clearly was injury prone <laughs> and two, he was on the edge of he was on the end of his career. So yeah. he was trying to do what Peyton was doing, but not even close to Peyton's level, right? Yeah. So I just think that you know Drew Bledsoe's game didn't really uh, age very well. Um, but yeah, I think Tom came into a perfect situation. He stayed in the perfect situation, right? I mean, there must have been offensive coordinators changing, defense coordinators changing. You know, his line changed, uh, wide receivers changed, but like he stayed in the same place for 20 years. That longevity has huge oh. dividends to pay off for, uh, you know, his career and how he's consistent and how he's not only portrayed, but they had to play in the AFC East. Not, yeah. No offense to AFC East, but I mean, you got the Jets twice a year, you got the Bills twice a year. Before five years ago, the Bills weren't really that something to really Well, the work Jets about. were a playoff team under Herm Edwards. Right. Yeah, but again, and that was uh, what two years removed from the butt fumble. You know what I mean? No, I mean, that was that Sanchez. Is, that was Sanchez. That, no, yeah, the Herm Edwards was, was um, Chad Pennington. Was Pennington? Okay. But that was like, but that was like two years removed. And that team, come on now, like Chad Pennington, that team was not real. No, no one in the look, no one in the AFC East is, gonna, is going to the Super Bowl. But I, I, I don't. I gotta disagree with. It's not like you the can. NFC. No, but it's not like the NFC East where. You knew the the Cowboys were going to feast on them, you know. This this one year, I agree. <laughs> yeah, come on. The NFC East has always been more competitive as a complete division. Than well, the yeah, East. 
The like, correlation's that, there. No. Yeah, the correlation's there. Four and four. And then the Jets have never been playoff competitive. I don't care what their record has been. They no. have never been playoff no. competitive. Last That's time they were in the playoffs is when? Uh, 2010? In fact, yeah, they, they hold the longest streak right now uh, of not being in the playoffs right now. They made the AFC championship game with Rex Ryan two years in a row. Um, Right. And yeah. Okay. Still didn't like him. I'm just saying like as a New York fan, (laughs) New York Jets have never been competitive. Even the Giants who had maybe a worse worse record that season, what they built was Mm -hmm. more uh, playoff competitive. Yeah. You know, and this kind of goes to the teams we're talking about. I don't think Green Bay is playoff competitive. I think that they're regular season competitive. But every time they hit the playoffs, something happens, something yeah. switches. And it's just, it, you know, maybe it's the weather. <laughs> I will say this in support of your argument from 1991 to 2021, the, uh, which is what, 30, 20 years? <laughs> I'm old. That's that 20 years? 91 to, no, 01, 11. That's 30 years. All right. And in, in 30 years, at least 10 times you had a team from the NFC East in the Super Bowl, right? You had the Cowboys three times. You had the Washington Redskins once, you had the Eagles twice, and you had the Giants three times. So you're right. Yeah, the NFC least uh, is a very, very temporary thing. But, I mean, if they're so bad, why the hell did I get teams in the Super Bowl like one-third of the time? Which, out of 32 teams, you got those four teams, and that's not bad. It's not bad at all. So, cool, man. That's what it is, you know. But, yeah, Patriots, man, they, they that's like uh, the Cavaliers for LeBron, you know, like – of course he's gonna make the playoffs. Of course he's gonna make it the playoffs because he didn't have to worry about anything. You know, the yeah. East was whack back then. So, well, yeah. there was there was definitely one season he dragged him to the finals, kicking and screaming. It's almost like it's Very almost like first, he was the though. only one. What? That, no, that was the first one. But the one where, um, remember the one where Jr. Um, was dribbling the ball around. <laughs> was Jr. was dribbling like the ball around? The time. <laughs> If they could ever have won that series, it would have been right there. But after he did that, that was – that series was No, over. but that season and that playoff run was For the sure. season where I thought LeBron was the only one that wanted to be there. <laughs> maybe at the end I'll yeah. show a video of his face. Like, like what do you do? <laughs> like at the end and then, and oh, then no, he knew the cameras are watching and all of a sudden he just like – he had to like retool. <laughs> oh, what a shame. What a shame. Yeah. Ah, there we go. We got it. We got it's coming up. It's coming up, Rob. That's our next topic. My personal favorite, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you to shame or not to shame. 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 All right, Bobby, let's plug in that shame and not to shame. There goes mm-hmm. our clock. There goes our one minute. Rob, we have one topic for to shame or to not to shame, Rob. Rob, keep it McLean McLean. To shame or not to shame. Let's go to my thingy. Barry Bonds, snubbed by the Hall of Fame. According to the Washington Post, Bonds was sworn, Bonds in sworn testimony first acknowledged he used performance-enhancing drugs in 1998. And the argument was at that point he already racked up three MVPs, eight All-Star Game invites, and eight gold gloves, and seven silver sluggers. So... The Washington Post said if his career had ended in 1998, Bonds would be a lifetime 290 hitter with 411 home runs, 1,917 hits, 1,200 plus ribbies, walks, and 209 and 
289 intentional walks and a 9.966 on base um, OPS. So Rob, to shame or not to shame, Hall of Fame snubs Barry Bonds. Floor is yours. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't know which way the shame's going here, but the shame's on Bonds. Uh, no shame on the people who who voted him in, voted voted him in, or did not vote him in. Um, and this goes back to uh, you know just the 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 connection between the fans and the players, and it's on many different levels. But there has to be a trust that the game itself is fair, right? And it goes back to Pete Rose, you know, or it goes back to the. 1918 or the 1908 uh, black 1918 black Sox uh scandal um it just the fans need to trust the sport so if you got a corked bat like sammy sosa if you got you know if you're taking peds like a mark mcguire it, it you 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 look at another guy and you're like oh well, that guy's a pipsqueak he can't do anything but that guy used to be barry bonds who used to be an all-star player who could run who could hit who could steal bases, who could play the field. Do you realize that Barry Bonds took all of his athleticism, all of his ability as an all-around baseball player, took that out, sat in the backseat for his team, right, as an all-around baseball player, and then said, I'm going to hit home runs. I'm going to be a DH. I'm not even going to play the field anymore because I can't because I'm so big, my body doesn't move correctly anymore, but I'm going to hit home runs. Yes, he absolutely should have been snubbed from the Hall of Fame because the stats that he put up before were not what he did throughout his entire career. He did that on uh, PEDs afterwards was home runs. And before he was an all around baseball player for his team, that would have put him into the Hall of Fame. If it was just about home runs, he'd be sitting there like Frank Thomas, who wasn't a PED user, who was only a, 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 a DH, and he was a fantastic player. But he only had one facet, you know, you can't, you can't say that Barry Bonds, sorry, I went over a minute, but you can't say Barry Bonds, anything about the field, right? Anything about anything other than being a home run hitter and say that he helped his team because he literally hurt his team by not being a fielder, which he was, he, he was absolutely a gold glove, uh, 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 the ability of being a gold glove outfielder. And then he won he gold gloves on it. That's what I mean. He yeah. had the ability. He didn't do that after a certain point, but he had the ability. Well, he stole bases, yeah. which was different for a home run hitter. He played the – I mean, he's he was an all-around baseball player, sacrificed that to have fame and fortune for himself. And that's why I believe that he's not uh, a Hall of Fame baseball player because it really isn't about the stats. At a certain level, it's about the stats. But then at another level, it's really about how you affect your team what you do with your team and again he wasn't a winner this he is was not it's not first ballot so, right this isn't first no, this ballot is his for last me. ballot no this is his last ballot he's done Ooh, for good wow yeah. with prejudice yeah. huh mm. Mm. all right so my minute my turn rob sure so before i start my minute the whole thing d the dh i'm gonna push back on you because the dh san francisco giants there is no dh in the, in the national league so however they they were able to spare him from from field or whatever taking him off is probably a whole different story but as to the question 
um should he be snubbed should did he deserve to be snubbed or shame on the hall of fame i gotta go no shame uh for all of the same reasons you said this is supposed to be a debate show and i'm always looking to find ways to disagree with you but sometimes when you're when your your um your takeaway is, is immaculate i don't have a whole lot of legs to stand on but i will say this as of the question before he used up or got caught sorry not used not got not used but got caught using um were those numbers good enough to get him to the hall of fame maybe not first ballot maybe not second ballot i would argue last ballot but at the same time there's no evidence to support or deny that he he was taking performance enhancing drugs uh uh one year before he got caught, two years before he got caught. It's, I mean, the performance enhancing drugs gave, might have given him a burst that put him over the top to make him, make him win the home run title. But people have to consider the overnight performance probably didn't come from the overnight uh, first time taker. That was, I, I think, him taking drugs was a residual effect that led to that home run title. So, People are like, oh, his stats were good before he got caught. But I'm like, who's to say if he lied about it all that time? Who's to say he's not lying uh, that, that he didn't take it two years before he got caught, three years before he got caught, one year before he got caught? So it's one of those things that if they let him in last ballot just on those raw numbers before he got caught, okay and not okay. But he, like you just said, he decided how he wanted to be remembered. Um, and we And baseball is completely grateful uh, of him mark mcguire and sammy Soser, juicing the fuck up to to make people watch this home run race and baseball was back you know and, and if the gig was up they probably thought uh baseball would take a hit but they thought baseball being back was better for baseball than how baseball got hit and i can't disagree with those people more it just it it hurt the fucking sport it hurt the fucking sport. Last but not least, and you, and you probably wanted to say this at the end, so I'm hoping I'm not stealing this from you. Pete Rose, Pete Rose is in the Hall of Fame because he cheated. A guy who bet on himself, not bet against himself, not thrown games. A guy that bet on himself is not in the Hall of Fame. But but this guy, you want to give this guy a pass? You want to give Mark McGuire a pass? You want to give Roger Clemens a pass? You get all all these people a pass. I give Andy Pettit the pass. Andy, Andy Pettit came clean, apologized, pitched four more years later and still put up numbers. Those are the guys yes, who were did. like, they made a mistake. I got sent to the principal's office and now I'm a good boy. Can you forgive me? My answer is yes. Retribution. Retribution. You know, and the same thing, unfortunately, one of these days is going to have to happen with the Houston Rock, the Houston Astros, mm. because all those guys are leaving the Houston Astros. Carlos Correa is going to be leaving George, George Springer already left. I mean, and, and the people that were really affected by it will always remember those people, you know. But eventually, it'll kind of just go under the bus, and it won't be a big thing. And Houston will have their championship, and they'll be remembered until they bring it up. But at the end of the day, you know, you just got to know who those players are and what they're about. And yeah, not my not my favorite. Um, right. I I just wish. I I, I think that what they have to do is just go to another place and prove that they are capable of playing at that same level. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Braun, Ryan Braun. Mm -hmm. He went back, he, he came back after his steroid stint and he sucked. He sucked. <laughs> he played like he was a five, nine hundred and sixty pound guy. Um, didn't it remind you of Vitor Belfort? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that man went from jacked 40 year old to dad bod Vitor, man. Ah, uh, yeah.
you're right. There's a correlation from stopping and seeing how you do, you know? So unfortunately, some of these players who got it on the end of their career, like the Rafael Palmeiro and the Jose Cansecos, and they can't prove that they would still be able to play with whatever they had or didn't have or how much they did have or how much it affected them. Or if it was an Andy Pettit, I'm trying to get healthy, or it was a, I'm trying to get in the gym, Barry Bonds and get bigger. You know, those are two sides of the coin. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, you still did it. That was your choice. And now you either can go out like that or you can prove like even Tom Brady did. You can go and prove that I wasn't just a part of that system. I wasn't just uh, a PED user. I was a baseball player that was using that to get healthy or using that to get faster and stronger. You know, either yeah. way, you have the opportunity to prove, you know, to, to, to have retribution, to, to have a, a second say on, on what happened, you know. 100%. When Frank Thomas got inducted into the Hall of Fame, for him to have to say, I never used, is a test. I mean, to, to volunteer that information is a testament to how bad uh, it's, it has become and, and it's ingratiated into the culture of, of Major League Baseball. You know, we all understand. Sometimes you just got to say, I'm sorry. Do your, do your time, you know, and see if you can have some redemption. Me and you are big believers in redemption, okay? As far as PEDs, yeah. right, what are your two choices? The two obvious choices, you fucking hide until it blows over and then redeem yourself. Or you get on that podium and say, I used. Say, I used performance-enhancing drugs to enhance my performance, okay? You're idiots. I'm not going to take something that's going to diminish my performance. That's that's why I took it. There'd be a little bit more respect, you know? Um, these I mean, there's also pushback to that, too. Like, you got these clubs and, and these professional uh, you know, professional teams and organizations pushing, you know, pain pills on all these professional players, all and all professions. But, uh, you know, you can't do something for yourself to 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 almost preemptively uh, combat that. So, yep. yeah, I mean, just well, Dana White said that, right? You can get painkillers fast and you can get, you know, the other thing. He's like, that's a fact. He's like, I'm not a doctor, but that's a fact. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he can. Well, he, he, that was so weird because at the time he's, well, now he can, cause he's a gangster like that. But he said at the time when he got it, it wasn't cause some rich guy stuff at the time it was available. But now he, like you said, he says, no, you gotta be him. You, you gotta be him to get it. So Rob coming up next, your favorite topic, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you, we're not going to have quick answers, but this is quick question. Bobby McGee, we only have a handful of quick questions, so they don't require quick answers. But if they're quick answers, let's move on, okay? Quick question. The Raiders hired Josh McDaniels as their head coach. Uh, Dave Ziegler, who is also the G who's now the GM, I think both were from the Patriots. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, huge thumbs up. I love an offensive-minded uh, offensive head coach uh, with a, Dave, a Derek Carr, uh, Josh Jacobs, and uh, their emerging receiving core. Uh, I think they they have a fantastic future. So 
I say thumbs up, but I'm a little sad that neither one of us can remember the name of the interim head coach that did such a great job in John Gruden's absence. I that can't did, say it. That, Rick that, that kept them or something. Yeah, that. thank you for that. I don't know how to say thank it. Thank you, because <laughs> we should never forget that guy's name for the work he did under the circumstances that led to one of the best regular season games, the last game of the season that decided the fate of three teams. Hope he gets work. Very deserving. Very, very deserving. I, I guess the enemy don't want a job because he, he could have interviewed for that and got it. Um, I mean, you're literally the offensive coordinator for Patrick Mahomes. I think. <laughs> <are right>. yeah. <laughs> what really I think are. is going to happen is Andy Reid is an old man. I mean, he's got to step down sometime soon. And I so think not to. Yeah, maybe they'll try to do it that way. That's what Parcells that tried to do with uh, Belichick, right? Right. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense of why they're trying to keep on to keep him as like, I mean, any offensive coordinator that's a big name always gets a head coaching job like mm -hmm. right away or they go to college and they get a head coaching position or you know it's like it's very 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 strange that an offensive coordinator that's almost a superstar in his own right is not getting uh any type of looks or doesn't want to take those looks so no doubt andy andy will be loved too man andy right now reed is entering the top five goat conversation. We kind of we have our ones and we have our one A's. We have Bill Waltz, right? You got Bill Belichick, you got Bill Parcells, anyone whose first name is Bill for Christ's sakes, uh, Lombardi, right? So there'll be an argument for a lot of those people, and I think Andy's hovering around. Where if there's an argument, even if he loses the argument, that's a win for him as far as goat conversations. Is I concerned. mean, Bill Belichick's going to be up there before he is. So well, Bill Belichick and neither of them will stop coaching. Belichick's one, the ability. That's what I'm saying. To so. instill, I mean. I like these guys that change I mean, the culture. They change the way you play football. Uh, a, a lot of these guys on any other team don't win without the way, without Reed uh, guiding them through here, wherever. Reed, how many Super Bowls? That's He lost with the Eagles, right? He won with the Chiefs and lost with the Chiefs. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's in that territory. And, he, and having one chip helps because Marv Levy, um, unfortunately, Buffalo Bills fans will remember, and it's a shame that a lot of people won't get in the four Super Bowls in a row. Um, I mean, I still got my old heads. I still like, you know, Lombardi, like you said, Bill yep. Walsh. I mean, I think the West Coast, West Coast offense. Andy Reid. Yeah, the guy yeah, who I mean, the guy who invented the West Coast offense. Yeah, yeah. Then you got Belichick. I mean, I think there's a couple of coaches before, you know, Parcells. Yeah, Parcells. I even like Jimmy Johnson in there. Yep. I even like John Madden in there. I mean, he he went to a gangle of Super Bowls all at once. You know, he like really that's. Did. At a time where you were allowed to hit people, <laughs> you know, and he was doing the hitting. So I like his style of coaching because he let crazy people be crazy. He had a bunch of crazed dogs on that team, and he, as a coach, found a way to take that aggression and anger and harness it into a team effort to to try to achieve a Super Bowl ring. And you know that could go another way, <laughs> right? If you let the dogs off the leash, you know you you're it's so high risk that they're gonna fucking bite people and they're eventually gonna bite you. So, Matt, that's Madden's genius to let do dogs be dogs and and not. You know, you don't hear a lot of controversy in um, in his team, you know, and coaches and stuff. So, a uh, quick question, Rob. This is and this is a repeat question. We're gonna probably ask this once a month. Will the Lakers miss the playoffs? I honestly don't think so, um, but uh, I'd love to be proven wrong. I don't think so either. I think they have enough to get in. Um, is Vogel in trouble? Is, is his job in trouble? Oh, no doubt. Any coach that is coaches with LeBron is going to be a scapegoat. That's just what it is. I am still a fan of, of Blatt. <laughs> I really, I, I got right? to watch that I, guy coach in the Russian league, and boy, did he get a raw deal. Yeah, he did. <laughs> 
And he, he gets, coached well too. He really he set did. it up right there for Tyron Lou. And Lou was just like, Thank Lou you. I'll take my coaching career. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Literally. So angry about that too. Yeah, uh me too. UFC, who quick question, who wins between Jack Hermanson and Sean Strickland? Ooh. I'm gonna go with Hermanson. I'm going with Strickland. I think Hermanson listen, Hermanson's a smart pick, but Strickland is a dog and he surprises people. Every time when you think he's going to wrestle and you think he's going to strike. So, ooh, we got something fun to talk about next week because I want to see what they both can't the be cage. winners. <laughs> huh? I want to see what, what Strickland does in the cage. Right. I want to see what he does in the cage. Yep. That's all. I that's see. it. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. That's a quick question. But before we go, I got two things before we go. Big up to the Chiefs donated to a hospital in Buffalo. Uh charity of a hospital that needed some money because of i guess hospital beds and like medical care and this and that because the chiefs saw the buffalo bills donate to the cincinnati Bengals a couple of years ago to their their favorite charities and they use their charities for hospitals so they were inspired by the buffalo bills and then they did a pay it forward and i'm hoping to see other nfl's teams see the chiefs do it and then just constantly keep that sound bitch rolling anytime they could take some of their money and write it off maybe and probably get the money back anyway but at least donate to a different cause that my friend is the american way um also before we go we have to not let tom brady's retirement overshadow sean payton give me maybe a small paragraph of, of what you want to remember about payton Oh, well, it's tough because I don't want to be uh, tough on him because uh, I think he's a fantastic offensive minded coach. I mean, genius in a sense that, you know, he almost made he almost reinvented Breeze's career. Um, I thought Breeze probably should have been out of the league maybe a couple after years Sandy, ago. After the Chargers, right? Yeah. After the Chargers. And it was just like, well, maybe after like two or three years at the Saints, you know, after the Superdome where they went or they almost went to the Super Bowl. Right. Or they went and they, they lost. Went and won. Yeah. Beat the, they beat, beat the Cubs oh, they, in, yeah. in the dome in the dome so it was like it was just like a great uh situation but then like two years after that you know stuff was going down uh and then the bounty gate bounty i mean gate. Mm -hmm. i thought as soon as peyton came back from bounty gate he was a different coach uh maybe the connection was off with him and breeze or like they were getting players and trying to implement and the only time i really saw that there was a, a real offensive thing going on uh with breeze and, and peyton's when michael thomas came in there hmm. um so maybe they didn't have you know the gm wasn't on on track with them or i don't know but um yeah i thought this was the right time for peyton to leave because if you really think about it you know come back from the, uh, the bounty gate um you know you want to see you know what's working with with drew you still got drew there so you know if you got drew you can do anything hmm. um and then you know drew left and you still, you know, I thought he could have left then. Uh, and then you kind of have to see what you got. You know, maybe you have Jameis. Maybe you have a great defense. Maybe you can, you know, maybe you're that coach that was more than your players and you can make this team into some Super Bowl contender. But it just wasn't there. Um, so I think this is the right time for him. Do I think he's done coaching for the rest of his life? Uh, I don't. I think that I he'll think, come yeah, back. He just needs time away. I do. I definitely do think that. And, um but yeah, I think a fantastic coach, definitely overshadowed, uh, overshadowed by the Bounty Gate situation, which uh, he did have a significant role in. Um, but, well, uh, I, I know yeah. Vilma didn't. I know Vilma made them apologize. That that was the only guy that said, "Look, everybody else is saying this is must, much ado about nothing. And I'll take my suspension." Vilma was concerned about his good name, and he actually made good, uh, the commissioner apologize. He he went out of his way because how do you prove you didn't do it? 
So for him to go out of his way to find find ways to make people believe he didn't do it, he's like, I don't know what the hell y'all talking about, and, and apologize. So um, sorry to interrupt. A Twenty-two out of twenty-seven players. Yeah, I don't twenty-two. Mean, yeah. So he was one of five. Offering money, offering bonuses for taking people's heads off for for people listening at home that don't know what Bounty Gate was. Basically, they were offered un, unofficial um, bonuses. They got they got extra checks in the mail for 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 putting a little extra sauce on on some of these hits. Well, uh, that, for, for for taking a player out of the game. Yeah. Or knocking a player unconscious. Yeah. Or having them carted off was a, an even higher penalty right. or having them not come back for the game. I mean, those are bonus, all vicious. Yeah. Those are, those all, are all things that are illegal now. Yeah. Right. Like they had, and it wasn't illegal back then. You could helmet to helmet. You could, uh, you know, hit a defense. They receiver. did let a lot of that like, go. And uh, this was, it's so interesting when you look back at the sport where, you know, people say the sport's soft now and, you know, all these ticky tech, uh, you know, uh, defensive, uh, pass interference um, penalties, but I still like watching the football. I still like watching the football players I came to watch. You know, at the end of the day, I do want to protect something about the game. I don't just want it to be. And this is why it's kind of interesting about how why they're talking about man in the arena because it was gladiators at a certain point. These guys were getting taken out. These guys were getting concussions that we don't even know about. But they, I mean, I can only imagine how what the CTE percentage rate is in the 1980s, 1990s. I mean, that uh, movie Concussion really brought it to their, our attention, though. Didn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. I mean, just the fact that you you hitting heads with another person is like a mild concussion. Like I can only imagine what happens when two people are you know full force, and you see it when it's on the screen, and you're like, oh, this one's gonna hurt. You know, mm. you feel it. So, geez, I mean, Debo got, he got, it was a, it was a clean tackle last night. It wasn't and even helmet. It was shoulder to, to it numbers. Wasn't, it, was, it was helmet, chest to chest, shoulder to shoulder. And man, he got the, the wind knocked out and he came back, played the rest of the game. But again, that's a clean tackle. Yeah. Beckham right? got drilled Imagine too. Remember Beck, Beckham yes, on the did. way down? And it got like a helmet first. And it got flagged. And it got flagged. Yeah, that was a douche hit, dude. That was a douchebag hit. But he also said, my bad, but hey, when you playing for that, you know that's what you that's what you bring. If you get 15 yards for that, all right. But I'm also trying to dislodge the ball. That's what we're yeah. going for. So yeah. don't be upset, Odell. Yeah. Well, it's very much like the Knicks. You know, the Knicks were willing to put up, get to get the flagrant foul to send a message. You know. Right. Um, Which again look, is within reason. Yeah. But you gonna have a penalty for it. <laughs> so you brought up some very, very, very valid points about Sean Payton. Uh, allow me to take a few seconds to do the other. Um, but before I do the other. Hope Rob Flores gets the job. Yeah, I think I thought he got a bum deal at Miami, and I hope I hope that they at least interview him. All right, because we we do need it's it's a, it's predominantly black league, and and Flores showed everybody that you have some highly intelligent coaches, and and I, I don't know why black coaches are the only one getting fired for having winning records, but that's a whole maybe we'll talk more about that next episode. Um, what I'd like to remember about Peyton. Hem and Breeze said this town is hurting. And we don't know if there's enough money in the world we can donate to help. But we, what we can do is play good football to, to provide a distraction, entertainment, escapism, and even inspiration uh, uh, to the city of New Orleans. And that is how everyone wants to remember Drew Breeze and, and Sean Payton. What you pointed out, it's very important because Bounty Gate lasted for years and it changed the way 
uh, people of police football. So that was very important too, and that has to be remembered, has to be cited. But what else has to be remembered is that for the people that can't understand how someone throwing a touchdown to someone inspires someone to get a job Monday morning, what, what's the logical connection? What's the correlation? Where well, I, don't, I don't understand. And for me and you, Rob, there's two kinds of people that don't understand. They, there's one that said, I don't understand, and they don't want to. They don't want, they don't want to understand. And then there's the other one that says, I don't understand, but I want to talk to me and those are the people i'm talking to right now and my answer is i don't know how all i know is that it does all i know is that mm. the giants beating the patriots in that super bowl let me tell you something that family was was happy and they were doing other things unrelated to football more positively because they saw something positive that they thought was positive that inspired them go ahead rob i don't want you to lose that thought uh, no i was just gonna say this to piggyback <laughs> off of it what I believe it is, and this is why I believe that uh, a lot of athletes should be uh, not pushed, but driven to go to uh, upper level management positions in business is because all athletes have to do each and every time they touch a, a, a ball or score is to figure out how things mesh together, you know, and that's pretty much all that's going on is just like you're finding little pieces that don't work and you put them together. That's all we do as athletes. So. You know, that's just how it kind of comes through. And, you know, you, the little things come together to make the bigger things. You you see the, uh, somebody win a Super Bowl. You see somebody win a game or you see somebody, you know, each and every quarter trying their very best. And at the end of the game, you finally win. It makes going to the job five days a week a lot easier because there's an end goal. You know, you understand that the end goal is the small games, the 12 and five record. Yeah, but they were zero and zero. You know, I'm zero and zero right now. I got to build each and every day so that I can get to my goal. And I think that's really what the, the message is going, going, how you can be inspired because you can relate, you know, they're in a job. Yeah. They're making a shit ton more money than me, but there are plenty of people making more money than I am. Right. They're at a job, they're enjoying their job and they're getting to do that job to go support their family and go home and be with their family. And do they care about the money? No. The thing that most of these athletes care about is the time they can spend with their family. Right. Because no matter much how much you think that NFL athletes, NBA athletes, MLB athletes, they are just living this glamorous life. Most of them have to not see their families for six to eight months every single year, miss a huge portions of their child and their family's life every single year. But yet all we get to see is the glamorous things or the things that they love a lot, which is the sport they get to play. But that doesn't mean they're not dealing with things on the back end or mm. that they Dennis Rodman's trying to go home every single weekend or, you know, uh, Sean Taylor's going home every single weekend to go see their family because that matters the most. You know, Rodman you know? going to Vegas, boy. <laughs> I remember that documentary, Jordan and Scotty told Phil, look, yep. I understand what you did, but you know you're not going to see him back. <laughs> you know he ain't coming back on time for the game. <laughs> nope. Well, well said, Rob. Well said, Robin. Is there anything you'd like to say to our audience before we leave this episode, but not their presence? You know, just stay happy, stay healthy, y'all. Stay happy, stay healthy. Rob McLean loves you people. And I think this week, I think I love you people too, man. We're pre-recording this, so we had a lot to unpack, but me and Rob do our best work at the last minute. Very, very fun episode, my friend. I'd reach out and Zoom handshake you right now, but we'll, we'll be back in studio doing this all again next week or in Zoom again. But our fans... We'll be back next week. You can count on us. We're going to go through some Super Bowl picks. We also got out of Sonya and Whitaker, a Super Bowl weekend. Going to be a lot to discuss. But until then, my, for my man, Rob, keep it.
McLean, McLean, I'm Jason DeBellis. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. Thanks, people. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optionbb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.